Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 through 7 read, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. Hello, welcome back to Think This Way, the podcast of Faith Bible Church. My name is Bryce Beal. I'm one of the pastor elders here, and I have the joy of having <laughs> my wife on with me today, Michaela. Hey, <laughs> I'm not an elder at Faith Bible <laughs> She Church. is not an elder, but she holds a role no less important in God's eyes, which is as a wife of an elder, and especially today, raising our children and we have four of them, and they are aged four, two, one, eight months. Uh, there are reasons they're that close together. We're not fully out of our minds, though, partly, maybe. We could talk about that another time. We definitely are out of our minds. <laughs> it is chaos, for sure. Yes. But we have been talking this quarter about God, theology proper. This is the last month of it, and then we'll move into the gospel next quarter, beginning next month. But one thing we wanted to talk about was... How we obey this command in Deuteronomy 6, which is you shall talk about these things, including who God is, with your children. And when I look at Faith Bible Church right now, we've got a lot of people in different seasons of life. We have a lot of people with young children. Since our children are younger, four years old and younger, that is going to be the experience we are speaking from. I know many have children who are older, but hopefully there'll be some applicable to you as well. Just as we get started, most of you already know Michaela. She's very sweet, walks around with a big smile, which she has even right now as we record. It's an experience, for sure. <laughs> a very good experience. And she is the face of our relationship. I like to put her out front. But I did want to start by just asking you, my dear wife, how you got connected to Faith Bible Church, just in case people don't know. Mm-hmm. So I grew up in Northeast Indiana, and I came down to Evansville to go to school at USI. I got involved with Campus Outreach, and it just so happened that Campus Outreach kids and staff were coming to Faith Bible Church at that time. And so I came to church primarily just because that's what the community within Campus Outreach was doing. Um, But as I came here, I was pleasantly surprised by the preaching and how we were going expositionally verse by verse through books of the Bible. And I was really hungry to grow and I had never heard uh, preaching like that before. And so I have stayed ever since. And well, since I married you, I'm stuck here. (laughs) So long as you're here, I'm here. No leaving now. Yeah, Michaela and I, we had both gone to USI our freshman year. I had only gone that year, so we had met then and then reconnected several years later. Mm-hmm. I was finishing up an internship here, and we were in the same small group. And Michaela was planning at the time to go overseas with missions, um, but obviously God changed those plans, at least for the present, and here we are, and mm-hmm. I am sure glad. <laughs> Very glad. Yes. All right. Well, I wanted to bring Michaela here. And the elders wanted Michaela on this episode because we are talking about talking about God with our children, and I didn't want to give you a one-sided picture of things. Michaela is at home with the children, 
while I'm out and about doing whatever I'm doing. And so I was just telling her before we started the podcast, I suppose it's right to say that you influence our children more than I do, at least over the course of more time, because you're just with them more. And so I wanted to have Michaela on just to give you that perspective of things instead of me trying to describe it probably wrongly. So we're going to talk about talking about God with our children. And just so that we have some kind of structure here, I thought we would talk about it under two headings. First, the everyday informal talking about God we do with our children. And then secondly, we'll move into maybe the more formal ways of talking like a quiet time going through children's storybook Bible type of a thing. So just starting with the informal, I think we should all have both of these. If you were only able to have one, this is probably the more important informal talking with your children. For one, you see it there in Deuteronomy 6. He says, these words I command you will be on your heart. You teach them diligently and talk of them when? When you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise. Sort of like the Great Commission, it's as you go along, in this case to your children, you're discipling your children. I think I can say this is probably the more important of the two because if you informally talk about God with your children in everyday conversation, he comes up and you talk about him, but you neglect to teach your children in a more formal way, well, certainly they're missing something, but they're still going to grow up with a sense that God is an important part of this family. If, on the other hand, you only talk about God in formal settings, say Sunday morning at church or during a quiet time, that's the only time you talk about God and you never mention him any other time informally, your children are going to grow up wondering, what's the game? <laughs> like, why are we doing that? Does God really matter? Is this more a duty that we have to do? So we should do both, but informally would be the more important of the two, really because it demonstrates that God is a part of our thought and our life every day. I just want to start talking about this informal conversation with our children about God by asking my dear wife here, how do you talk about God informally with our four little ones? Well, I think practically speaking, we talk about it a lot when we're in nature and when we are seeing things that God has made. That is an easy way to talk about God. Um, and I think also in discipline, it's a good opportunity to talk to them about God um, because I'm not the one making all of the rules in the sense of submitting to authority and why we obey mommy and daddy. And I think practically speaking, even for myself, I've noticed something in that when I am more spiritually minded, I talk about God more with my children informally throughout the day. And so that practically means when I've been in the Word, when I've been thinking about God for myself or meditating on Scripture or just for myself, then that easily translates into conversations that I'm having with my children. If I'm not doing that for myself, then it's easier to not talk about God throughout the day. Yes, I think what Michaela says makes a lot of sense here. Our own spiritual mindedness does transfer over into, especially informal, because it's not planned, it just is the overflow of the heart. 
the informal conversations we have with our children about God. We really are like Jesus, discipling his 12. We are discipling our children, especially mothers who are staying home with their children or those who are working and coming home to their children, have a special calling, Scripture says, to love their husband, love their children. They have a calling to raise up their children. And it is a sort of discipling. I think sometimes the mothering role, it can be confusing. Like, what am I trying to do with my children? They're not Christians yet, especially when they're younger. So am I evangelizing them? But I'm also teaching them to obey. But they're not a Christian. They don't have a new heart. Really, we're discipling them. We're teaching them all that Christ commanded us. We're sharing the gospel all the time with them. And especially in these earliest years, we're informally just trying to help them have a worldview that prepares them to receive Christ, a worldview where God is alive and active in the world. Like Michaela said, in nature, we're talking about God. Even in these really early years where you can't have a lot of a conversation except with uh, Eliram, our oldest, we're still saying, you know, who made who made that tree? That's an amazing tree. Who made that? And at first they say, I don't know, you know, know. daddy? Like, no, not daddy. (laughs) God made that. And you're expressing (laughs) an amazement about that. And they pick up on that. So like Jesus with his 12, he's living with them. He's walking with them. That's a mother and a father. But here a mother who is living every day with her children. It's just as Jesus goes along, he stops. uh, Something happens. Circumstance happens. Mm The disciples can't cast out a demon, so then they're going to talk with Jesus. Why couldn't we do that? Now he's going to answer that. So you do see that. That's a mother's calling Mm -hmm. is she's living, discipling her children. Even I think an important thing to know is that you won't do this perfectly. So that shouldn't keep you from trying to do it. Mm -hmm. If you see a lack of this in your own family or in your life, then you just start doing it. Just try to incorporate an idea about who God is with your children or what he does or even giving them comfort and hope in his promises. I know several weeks ago, Eliram was really struggling with fear at night and it was honestly getting a little frustrating because uh, you know how kids just keep you in their room for as long as possible and they're long, thinking long of time. everything. <laughs> you know. But, um, you know, just asking him questions and he was just talking about being afraid of of if someone breaks in the window and would we wake up or what would happen and being able to even remind him of some of the verses that he's learned in um, Sunday school class that, you know, we get that little magnet to put on the fridge and we work and memorize those and that psalm that talks about um, when I am afraid I trust in you and just reminding him that you can trust in God when you're afraid so when you're afraid at night pray that to God ask God to help you to give you comfort and um, and just walking him through praying when you feel afraid you can pray and ask God to help you and to give you peace and Um, I think that just little opportunities like that are ways that we can talk about God informally. And especially when you're able to give them God's word, that's where real life and real hope is found. That's a great point because probably most, not just mothers, but parents feel like I want to talk to my kids about God. I don't even know where to start. 
I don't know what to say. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they have questions. I don't know the answer to these questions. <laughs>、yeah. The Trinity. I always say, you know what? We will wait till Daddy gets home, and we will ask Daddy about that one. <laughs> yeah, works out great. I mean, but I do think what's really convenient is that, especially in these younger years, when you're talking about God, the main thing is just doing it. Sometimes you can feel like a hypocrite, like, okay, I'm forcing this. I'm forcing this. Like we're going to talk about God made the world. Number one. Your kids probably don't even know you're forcing it. They're mostly oblivious to a lot of those dynamics.、Mm -hmm. So just force it. You know, it's fine. You know, make it happen. And number two, you can keep it so simple because they're young children. You don't have to go into some historical theology of the Trinity. You're just gonna say God made that rock there. You know, like you like that rock. God made that rock. Isn't God amazing? You know, you're you're afraid God's really strong. He can help you. Like we can pray to God. Should we pray to God and ask Him to help you? Um, so informally, these are all things. Keeping it simple, just doing it—that's a lot of it. Just、mm -hmm. doing it. Yeah, and especially if you can start when they're really little, you can start practicing talking about God informally when you know they really can't understand anything of what you're saying.、Um, So if you say things that are, you know, awkward or <laughs> weird, and you're, you thinking, why、chance. did I say that? <laughs> It's like you know what they're like six months old, so you know what that's okay. <laughs> Scratch that script. <laughs> yeah, just, but that's a good opportunity to start practicing to talk about it, so it doesn't feel so forced.、Yeah. But if your kids are older than you know six months old or whatever,、um, you just start and you just keep practicing, just keep trying and praying and asking God to help you with that. Yeah, that's great. So that's informally talking, and there's so much more to say, but we'll just put it there. You know, mainly let's just do it. Let's while we're walking by the way. You know, you're outside with your kids. Talk about God. If you're experiencing sorrow and grief, and your kids see that, and they're worried, mommy and dad, why are they so sad? You talk about God comforts us, and on and on and on. Simple things for your children informally. Let's move now to formal. Talking about God with our children, I can say, like I said before, with the four kids we have right now, you look at everyone else; they all seem very put together. Our life's <laughs> chaos. <laughs> you come to our house, I know it's clean, but that was just some rapid,、oh, yeah. desperate throwing of things into closets <laughs> right before you got there.、Yep. So it's it's chaos with four kids, and so I do think that's one of the reasons that a formal time of talking. It's not the Bible doesn't say you have to. But I think if you don't in this season, you you're not, probably not going to be very thorough. You're going to have the informal opportunities, but you may not be very thorough in teaching your children. So it just makes sense to have at least one, maybe per day, if you can, formal time to talk about God, and in some kind of semi-structured way to ensure that we're being intentional and we're covering things that maybe don't come up throughout the day. I think this is a fulfillment for us of Ephesians six fourteen. Just to fathers now, fathers don't provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline. The Greek there is paideia. It's like instructing、uh, a young child, helping them, correcting them, teaching them so they develop, and bring them up in the instruction. Nuthesia, similar idea with the idea also of teaching the mind here of the Lord. So I want to say that. Formal teaching of our children—that's what it's fulfilling. Part of the discipline instruction of the Lord. So when we're thinking of what we're going to teach our kids formally, before we even talk about how we do that, I did want to ask you, Michaela. Just thinking about our kids, 
What are some of the main things about God that you want our children to know by the time they are, and this is just an arbitrary number, let's say 10 years old, what do you want them to know about God? Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking specifically of our second Emmett, <laughs> and this is one we talk about a lot with him because he's a very stubborn little guy, um, and we often ask him, Emmett, who's the boss? I am. I am. <laughs> That's what he says. <laughs> no, Emmett, I'm so sorry to tell you, you're not the boss. And you ask him, who's the boss? God is the boss. So just helping them to understand fundamentally what that means is that life and everything is about God. He, it's all about him. And so our goal and our responsibility is to glorify God in how we live and what we do and what we say and all of those things. So ultimately, when we're putting this in like two-year-old language, it's we're trying to teach them that God is the boss, that we are not the boss. So (laughs) we say God is the big boss, and then the next boss is daddy, and then the next boss is mommy. So Emmett, you are sadly not the boss. (laughs) Not any of the bosses. Yeah. (laughs) None of the children wants to be all the bosses. They all want to be a boss. Yeah, they do. None of them are. That's really good. I remember a missionary telling me that uh, an older woman who had raised children said, you know, in these youngest years, the most important thing to teach your children is to obey. Mm. And that's not just so your life can be wonderful because it's going to be hard no matter what. But it's because, again, we're presenting our children with this concept of the world that the Bible presents where God is the boss. He's in charge. You may resist him. I can't control that. But there will be consequences. I want you to know that God is in control. You can live the way that he desires. You can trust in Jesus Christ, his son, as he commands, and live for him, and life's going to be much better. Or you can resist that. But either way, you want them to know God is the boss. They are not the boss. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I I can't tell you how many times I tell Emmett, well, Emmett, your life is going to be hard. Your life is going to be hard if you don't submit to God. And he tells me he does not care. (laughs) (laughs) He will care. (laughs) I said, I'm so sorry. It's going to be really hard. It's life is hard, but when you're not obeying God, it's going to be unnecessarily hard. I think together with that sense of God is the boss, we would call that theologically the sovereignty of God or, Mm -hmm. you know, the power of God, but God is the boss. And together with that, the other thing we're presenting to our kids in these young years is a sense of wonder, Mm -hmm. you know, both the sense that God is so powerful and the way we respond to that is by looking to him, obeying him, eventually trusting in Christ and obeying through grace. And then at the same time, also, God is just amazing, and we're really amazed. So looking at nature, wow, we're just so amazed by everything God has made. We want pe- our children to have a sense of wonder. There's a lot of, wow, I think that was maybe, mm-hmm. was that a lyrum? One of the first words <laughs> yeah. he could say. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's because they're trying to give him a sense yeah, of the wonder I remember of he, it was thundering and lightning, and we'd say, Alarum, who made, who makes the thunder and the lightning? And he'd say, wow, God did. (laughs) That's right. He would always say, God did. (laughs) That was almost his first phrase. God did. God did. 
So if that's what we're wanting to communicate to our children, we're doing that informally, of course. They need God is the boss and God is amazing. Formal talking about God will help to reinforce that, make sure we're not missing any of that. As we conclude here, just the how you do it, the main point here is that there's not one way. It differs. Go find a mature mm-hmm. set of parents around you who have raised children. You go, I want to be like that. Yeah. And ask them what they did. Yeah. I mean, it it would differ depending on mm. ages and interests and all different kinds of things like that. Because since we've got such young kids, if you had a older kids... Too. It differs on if the idealist of the parents is putting it together <laughs> yes, or the realist. That is also true. I'm the idealist. Michaela's the realist. So, you know, I shoot for the stars. And <laughs> <laughs> it's a great plan. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> you know, it's not going to last, but, you know, to get us started at least. So there's a lot of variation here. Basically, just, just do something. I think it makes sense probably for a lot of people. Maybe in our season, it makes sense for us that we do this formal time while we're sitting down for a meal. Kids are eating, are a little bit focused on that. More likely they're going to be able to sit there for a little bit. So in the morning when I get the boys up, really the kids up, especially the boys right now, four and two, get them in their seats. We pray. We're having some breakfast. I know I've got maybe a two-minute window there, (laughs) three-minute window with them where I bring out. We have the, I should have, looked at it again, but it's just the big picture storybook Bible. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if that's Zondervan or who puts that out. That's been great. I just started with Elyrum bringing in the, I think it's Sally Lloyd-Jones. She has the Jesus storybook Bible. It's for a little more older audience. We're trying that right now, introducing that. But anyways, at a mealtime, maybe using one of these kids' storybook Bibles. We've tried doing it with the Bible itself, just reading a paragraph, describing it. A little harder to do with kids, but it's doable. In bed before children go to sleep, I always pray with them, maybe talk about a few spiritual things with them. That can be a good time to do something more formal because they don't want to go to sleep. Mm -hmm. So you could do whatever you want, (laughs) and they will do it with you (laughs) happily. Some people will do a separate morning-evening devotion apart from mealtime. That's wonderful as well. Uh, There are some people who are very passionate about what we call catechizing, where you have a set of questions and answers that you have your children basically memorize. That's wonderful if you want to do that. We will review Sunday school papers that get sent home, and that's a formal way of talking with our children about God, too, as well. Yeah, and I think this formal talking about God is important, especially for younger, older, that like four to middle school age where having a expectation set for them. I know Elyram always looks forward to breakfast when daddy will read the Bible. And if he missed it, Elyram will tell me. (laughs) He tells on you every time you miss it. (laughs) (laughs) But it's encouraging just to know that sometimes when you're doing it, you don't feel like they're getting anything from it or if they like it at all. But, um, just knowing that he looks forward to it and he wants to do it is encouraging. Yeah, and as a full disclosure, this is a probably a four out of seven success rate during the week. <laughs> you know, always trying to do better, but there's probably two or three days a week where it's just craziness and somebody has done things I won't describe here. And <laughs> nobody just, wants to yeah, hear that. Nobody wants to hear that, but you're dealing with that and it just doesn't happen. 
So anyways, hopefully that relieves a burden. It's, this isn't something we are doing perfectly, but we're always trying to improve in informally and formally talking to our children. Mm -hmm. Michaela, thanks for being on here. <laughs> I love all the elders who've been on here. You're certainly the most beautiful. Anyone who sat in that seat right there, <laughs> oh, slightly biased. I think you're doing a great job with our kids and all the chaos of it. It may be you who are listening to this in the past. You simply did not talk about God with your children. It just didn't come up. Maybe it was only during formal times. Or on the other hand, maybe life's been so busy and you've been focused on providing for your children with school, with healthy diet, so forth, but haven't thought about feeding them God's word in a formal manner, talking about God in that way. Maybe that's the way you thought in the past. Well, by God's grace, may he help all of us now to think this way. Mm -hmm.